Welcome to the Brew Crew Review Podcast, the show by fans or fans of your Milwaukee Brewers. All right, welcome back, Brewer fans, to the Brew Crew Review Podcast. This is Craig. Joining me today is Vince once again. How's it going, Vince? Hey, it's going great, uh, Craigers. How are you? Doing all right. I'm um, looking forward to the second half of Major League Baseball. Um, draft just happened. It was a pretty interesting week with the draft and the All-Star Game festivities all happening at the same time. Yeah, it's been a really exciting couple of weeks just to be a baseball fan. And um, By the way, do we have uh, Scotty or Chad on today? Uh, no, they, they're out scouting for jobs and possibly future brewers. I'm not sure, but... Um, and for other fun summer stuff, I'm sure. But now yeah, they, they might join us, but I wouldn't hold my breath. So very busy. Okay. Yeah, um, very busy. So I guess let's let's start off with the draft, which is always an exciting time of year for here with the Brook Review and the Brewers. Um, I know last year there was only five rounds because of the pandemic, and uh, it really looks like our first rounder from last year, Garrett Mitchell, looks like a, a real good one. We got him 20th overall last year out of UCLA outfielder. I mean, so far he's tearing it up at high A and double A. Um, so I think he'll be arriving within a year or two uh, to help out the Brew Crew. So that's that that's definitely exciting. This year there were 20 rounds. Um, so our, we have the 15th overall pick. I guess I'm going to kind of just recap uh, the players that we picked, um, and then we'll talk about them a little bit. Uh, our first overall pick, Craig. Craig, can you give when you when you give the name? Can you also give your anger level on a scale of one to ten? For our viewers, I think that they would appreciate that. <laughs> Rather than an anger level, okay, yeah, I don't know, yeah, anger for all. or just just an anger level. I guess if any of them actually reach like a, if you got to like a seven out of ten or eight or nine uh, out of ten on an anger level, just at least throw that in there. You don't have to do it for everybody, but just a few of them that you're. I'll do it for the first about. couple picks. I'll do it for the first five rounds. Okay, here we go. First overall. Okay. First round pick, we had 15th overall pick. We picked out of Boston College, um, center uh, outfielder, center fielder, self, free lick. Um, and we, and with our comp, first round comp pick, we, we picked, oh, my anger level on that one was a six out of 10, so not too bad. And the second, our uh, comp pick was second baseman Tyler Black, uh, right state. That's an anger level seven on that one. Um, mostly because I wanted the player pick just before him. Uh, but anyway, that's right. And um, left-handed pitcher in the second round, Russell Smith, five anger level. That's TCU. Again, uh, all college picks here at the top of the draft. Um, third, third round pick, third baseman, Alex Belenis uh, from Louisville, originally from Oak Creek, Wisconsin. My anger level was zero on that one. I was actually quite happy about that. Um, fourth round pick, right-handed pitcher, Logan Henderson, from McLean Community College, um, junior college, uh, fourth round, uh, my angle level, and that was four. Um, fifth round, Ethan Murray, shortstop from Duke. My angle level was a 10, solid player, but nothing too spectacular, and I really don't like Duke University. But anyway, for many reasons, obviously, they knocked out the batters in the game that you and I watch in basketball, unfortunately. But uh, anytime we... And it's not like Duke, but anyway, yeah. So the, uh, the rest of the, I guess, uh, I won't, uh, bore our fans with the rest of the rounds, but rounds, uh, 
six through 20, we picked um, mostly college players until the 11th round, or I'm sorry, until the 10th round. Um, or 11th round, we picked from 11th through 17th round, we finally picked all high schoolers. Um, one guy I'm most excited about is our 11th round pick, Rock Reggio uh, from Thousand Oaks High School in California. He was thought to be a second or third round talent, but was most likely going to go to commit to his Oklahoma State commitment. But if the Brewers can save money with some of their higher picks, possibly speculate maybe their second round pick, they might be able to sign him or if not him, one of the other high schoolers in that range that are all have strong college commitments. So that'd be kind of cool. So, um, so anyway, overall, um, I guess before I kind of just uh, go over each of the first five round picks, at least, um, what were your thoughts overall on the draft, Vince? You know, Craig, it's hard uh, to tell, you know, about some of these guys. We really don't know a ton about most of them. We haven't seen them play in person. So you're really relying a lot on, you know, so-called experts. I, I don't I don't get too worked up about it, to be totally honest. I know that uh, there's a lot of people who are smarter than I am about, um, you know, kind of evaluating high school and, and college talent. And, you know, certainly there's guys that stand out and you want to target people like that. But, you know, baseball, like football or basketball, I think it is kind of a crapshoot. I think that, you know, you can find gems in the later rounds that, um, you know, every other team and their scouting departments has somehow managed to overlook. And there's countless examples of that historically and also first round picks that, you know, are, are complete busts and, and misses. So, you know, I, I I look at the Brewers overall philosophy to drafting, I guess, more than I look at the specific names. And um, I think that generally speaking, I'm, I, I think that Stearns and his scouting director and his, staff have proven that you know they are able to evaluate talent uh, fairly well um, I think that you know they've been able to, to put some decent bats in the system the last couple of years with uh, Terang and Mitchell I think that pitching remains a bit of a weak spot obviously uh, you know in terms of organizational depth uh, outside of the big league level fortunately but um, you know hopefully they're doing things to mitigate that um, but as far as individual names I, you know it's, it's really hard to say and I wouldn't even care to venture a guess as to you know how these guys are going to end up just again because I haven't seen any of them play in person or, uh, or on TV even. well our first round picks uh, I'll feel ourselves we're like a Boston College I think I projected to go 12th overall in our mock draft and we got him at 15 so I, I guess you could argue he's a little bit of a value pick even um, I kind of wanted us to go for a uh, pitcher with that pick possibly Ty Madden who went just before our uh complimentary first round pick but anyway the um uh Sal Freelich is a hell of a hitter uh one of the best hitters in college this year um he has had more of a leadoff profile he's left-handed um can get on base also had hockey uh played a lot of hockey in college and whatnot so he's a real tough kid um but uh, yeah, so I don't know. It's tough to throw out comps. Uh, but anyway, if I had to say, I'll, I'll, for these first couple picks, I'm just going to throw out a, a ceiling and a floor comp just to give Brewer fans some idea what type of player we're looking at. For Sal Freelick, I'm going to say his ceiling cop is probably someone like Andrew Benintendi, who's currently on the, um, the Royals, traded from the Red Sox. And probably the floor for that would probably be uh, maybe Dave Krenzel, who is a Another similar profile player, the Brewers pick. Oh, God. 
probably like 20 years ago now. <laughs> but uh, Yeah, at a former interview for us, uh, that, was a, that was a good day in Nashville. Um, with yeah, Dave, it was. Who, by the way, by the way, Craig, he does follow our podcast on Twitter. Um, oh, great. A recent addition to our followers. Yeah, he does. So, uh, so that's good. So maybe, maybe we can get a follow out of this kid as well. Um, I, I think we should talk a little bit about a local pick that the Brewers made. Uh, do you want to talk about our, our, our pick uh, of a player out of yeah. Oak Creek, Wisconsin? Of course, he had played in Louisville during college, but you know, it's, it's always a feel good story. I know, you know, these are teams and their businesses and all that stuff. You can't make picks just for feel good moments, but uh, I think it's pretty exciting when you draft a kid who grew up in Oak Creek, who is a brewer. He probably grew up watching our show. I'm, I'm sure he did. Uh, oh, but he, uh, yeah, definitely. Probably, I'm sure he loves Scott and his hair. But, um, you know, this this is a kid who grew up idolizing guys like Ryan Braun. There was a great picture I saw on social media of, of this kid at a game. He was probably, oh, I don't know, eight or nine years old. And he's sitting there watching Ryan Braun and Prince Fielder. And, it, and it's weird for me, and probably for you as well, to, to, to think that this is already becoming a generational thing. Like you've got a group of kids that grew up with these guys and now are at the age and level that they could themselves be drafted. But uh, here we are. I, it's, it's, but anyways, sorry. Just, I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. And Oh yeah, no, definitely. Like Alex, cool story. third baseman, Alex Blenis drafted, uh, went to Oak Creek high school, went on to college at Louisville was really projected to be a first round pick at some point a, a year ago. Uh, however, he did get hurt and had kind of some off, off numbers and finally started rebounding toward the end of this, uh, this year. But with that being said, he was able to fall away the third round. So even without the Wisconsin connection, I would have been pretty excited for this pick as longtime listeners and viewers know, I'm actually a big, big fan of power headers and he's definitely the yep. best power header that we picked in this draft. Um, and not only that, one of the best college power hitters that was available. So uh, he hits from the left side, um, which was a big theme here for the Brewers uh, for a lot of these uh, top round picks. And yeah, he really profiles more, probably better at a first baseman as a, than as a third baseman. But I think he will hit probably not for a high average, maybe a lower average. He does have some holes to his swing. But, you know, I feel like the kid could have almost like a Joy Gallo light type profile where maybe not quite that athletic, but definitely has power to hit 30 homers a year, get on base and, you know, hit anywhere from around two, wow. 250 Craig, or something. You're compared, you're compared him to Gallo. It's been a man crush of yours for geez, a decade. Good Lord. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, yeah. And again, he probably doesn't have quite that much power, but 30 home run power, I'll take it or whatever. And, and we'll see, we'll see. Heck yeah. You know, obviously he, there's also his floor is kind of lower though. I mean, the fact that, he hit didn't hit all that well in college this last year or whatever. I mean, if he can't, he could be exposed by upper level pitching, I guess I'll put it that way, but that that's, it could be said of any basically draft pick. So there you go. I, I'm pretty excited about, about his profile. So. Uh, yeah. And, and, and listen, he comes, he comes, he does come from a good program too, Craig, that should be pointed out. He wasn't struggling at Oak Creek high school and yeah. he was, he, you know, he, he was playing at a, at a top in a top collegiate program. Louisville's a great program. They they play top programs. So, you know, I think that um, a guy like that who's shown that sort of potential, he's he's shown that he's obviously committed to playing the game at the highest levels. I think that uh, you're going to see that. You know, there were a lot of guys who in 2020, whether it was from injuries or just it being a weird COVID year, whatever. I, I think that you know guys were kind of off track a little bit, and I think that you're going to see 
guys sort of rebounding to hopefully career norms in his case. And I think that that's going to be the, the, the case for him. And I think he'll, a guy like that really does stand to benefit from the coaching that you receive in the professional ranks too, to have guys who are, you know, dedicated literally to just bringing you up to, uh, you're bringing your game up to the highest level possible. Uh, and that's their full-time job. It's a, it's pretty exciting. So I think that um, certainly some of the core tools are there, at least from what I've seen uh, on this kid. And I, I'm, I'm pretty excited about that pick. Yeah, and of course, former Brewer first-round pick, Corey Ray was actually out of Louisville as well, I believe, before Blunt yep. was there. But, um, yeah, definitely very exciting, and, and I think he'll be a, an instance Brewer fan favorite. Um, so, yeah, definitely something. And then we did pick two pitchers in the fir- out, of, out of college also in the first four rounds of the second and fourth-round pick, a left-hander, Russell Smith, and a right-handed pitcher, Logan Henderson. And, of course, we didn't pick any pitchers in last year's draft, so – it's, it's nice to see us adding some arms to the system. And, and those I got some pretty high hopes for those guys. I'm actually higher on our fourth round pick, Logan Henderson, than our, than our, than our second. But of course, um, both of them would be exciting to have in the system. So that, that, uh, that should be fun to follow as Brewer fans. So, all yeah, right, well, absolutely. Uh, and we love, we love watching these guys rise through the system too. And that's, you know, part of it too in baseball that's different than the other sports that I, I love is that. Yeah, I may not know many of these guys coming out of high school or college, but it's fun to follow their journey. And I, you and I have talked about it uh, in pre-production meetings for years. But it's 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 cool to see, you know, the years of development and years of work and years of of, of dedication that it takes uh, for these guys to finally make it. Hopefully, at some point, some of them to the big leagues. And that's 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 part of the whole story. It's part of the the charm of baseball to me. It's not like again the NBA or the NFL where next year those guys are going to be, you know in the in the top rung of their profession it's going to take a long time and um that's all part of it i love it i think it's i think it's a charm of baseball absolutely and it's so much different from the other sports like the nba and the and the nfl where those not the first round picks or the first you know couple round picks basically make an immediate impact uh the next year a lot of times where in baseball it's like a much longer journey and ultimately there's a lot more competition um, but yeah, yep. it's, uh, it's definitely cool for CC players make major league debuts and whatnot and, and really, you know, fulfill their dreams, so to speak. And th- it all starts on yep. day, and that's what's so exciting. Um, so, yep. So the all-star game itself, unfortunately, the, the national league did lose, uh, like they usually do apparently. <laughs> uh, I think it was like, what is it? <laughs> it's a thing. I don't understand it. I don't, I, I, I don't get it. Like how could that be the thing every single year? I just don't understand like the difference between. I, I understand the difference between the leagues, but I don't understand how the discrepancies are so are so strong that it's going to create you know, the same outcome every single season. It's just bizarre. But well, no, and not only that, be- but 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 I mean, if you look over all, and someone should probably do a study on this, but I mean, if you look out throughout the history of the All Star Game, there's been long stretches of dominance by one league over the other. Yeah, it's, it's not just yeah they had they happen to have the best players at that time. It's usually fairly balanced. It just seems like there's some kind of weird streaks going on. Like, um, yeah. you'd have to look that up or whatever. But the, the, there was been lots of streaks of, I, I want to say, like 10 plus or, or seven plus or yeah. plus games in a row by either the AL or the NL. And, and now AL is currently dominating. But um, yeah, it's definitely interesting. But that's not really the point of, you know, who, not necessarily who wins, but kind of an exhibition to see, especially young uh, fans to see their star players all together in the same game and just the challenge of it all. And of course, the Brewers for the first time had five All Stars. I believe that was the first time they ever had five All Stars with uh, yeah, Yes, Peralta, uh, Woodruff, Woodruff, Hader, and Burns. Burns. 
Uh, no, of course, Woodruff. Yeah, Nervais. Yeah, Nervais. Yeah. And, and Woodruff didn't pitch. He didn't hit her, but um, Corbin Burns pitched two innings. Unfortunately, he took the loss and gave up a monster shot to Vlad Guerrero. However, um, yeah. Peralta, I don't know if you saw his inning, but it was literally dominant. He struck out the side and really had it going. Um, and that, that was a highlight of the All-Star game for me, that inning. And Narvaez, I, Narvaez, I think it was one for two and had, had a hit also. So kudos to the Brewers, All-Stars, for making a team, those first-timers, of course, and, and competing in the game. And it was pretty awesome to see. I think I think it tied – I'm trying to think back. I think it tied 1988. Two, I think the Brewers had five All Stars in '82, I, I, but I could be okay. wrong. I'm going to have to have the in- Scotty's interns can double check, but I think it was Yael Mahler, Cooper, Fingers, and Simmons all were All Stars in '82, and I, like, I could be could be wrong. Yeah, I that. think but you're we'll, right. We'll our, or it actually we'll our, was 80, it could have been '83 because I know that we didn't have Sutton on team, uh, so I think it might have been '80. But anyway, yeah, it definitely. Uh, I think I think it did at least tie the mark. So. Um, yeah, eighty-three. No, I didn't say Sutton. I said uh, fingers. Fingers, Yount, know, Molitor, Cooper, Simmons, um, or, or maybe Ogilvy. Ogilvy. I can't remember. But could have been it, even Ogilvy. Yeah, Ogilvy. I'm not sure. Ogilvy. Yeah, I'll, we'll have our interns check on that. We'll post it on um, our social media, uh, so you'll see that on Twitter. Brewproof one. But this was definitely the most pictures we've ever sent with four. Obviously, obviously that hasn't yeah. been a strong point in the organization. Even back, the great eighty-two team uh, was not necessarily. F- pitching centered it was all <laughs> no man so harvey's wall bangers <laughs> they were exactly uh, they were an offensive juggernaut no uh definitely no, that was exciting and you know it's kind of cool because you know, you think that in another typical season well and i'm hopeful that i'm not wrong on this but somebody like christian yellich should be a perennial all-star he did put up the numbers this year in the first half to justify that and he was injured for part of it but you think that you know, going forward, if the Brewers have that many pitchers who are all-stars coupled with, you know, guys like Yelich and other mainstays in the lineup, it really is a complete team if we can just get a couple guys going uh, to their potential. But anyway, that's a whole other discussion. Well, no, the, the Brewers are in first place in NL Central, and they've really – they have the pitching, I think, to carry them deep. I mean, there are some concerns with the pitching holding up the end of the season with a couple of factors. First of all, the innings that they're going to be piling on that they didn't get last year. And then the second thing would be whether or not that whole sticky substance spin rate ban, whatever, is going to factor in it all uh, going forward. But I, I think the Brewers are going to be okay, and that um, it'll be an exciting second half. I guess the one question that uh, we should pose is, what 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 do you foresee? How do you foresee the second half playing out, and where do you think the Brewers? Who are the, the Brewers' biggest challenges uh, when it comes to making the playoffs, and where do you think that the Brewers would need to improve the most? Yeah, that's good. those are good. And just to just to kind of hit back at your other points, that I think that you know every team in baseball is dealing with the ramifications of the shortened season in 2020. Um, you know, for their pitchers as well. So I don't think it's going to be a Brewer-centric issue if it is an issue. Um, so, you know, every pitcher was limited in the amount of innings that they threw last year. And, um, so I think that that's, that's true. And same with the sticky substances and actually the Brewers numbers post substance. I think that I'm, I'm hopeful that that's not been the key to our success from a pitching perspective, but, uh, anyways, to answer your question, I think that, um, you know, I think that the Brewers at 
the deadline. We'll have, we'll have another show before the deadline. I'm sure when Scott is available, uh, hopefully here on, you know, the next week or so. Uh, but, you know, I think that we are still struggling to find that clutch at bat at times. I think that we are going to have to target a bat. Um, so I, I, I think that offense will continue to be an issue in the second half. I think that our bullpen is strong. My, you know, Josh Hader had a very rough series against the Reds uh, leading up to the break. Um, he's done that every season. He's been in Milwaukee. He's had like a few rough games in a row and then goes back to, to being Josh Hader. Whether or not he's going to be the same dominant Josh Hader of the first half of every game except for the Red Series, uh, I don't know. But uh, my hope is is that if for some reason he does take any steps back, that that's when a guy like Devin Williams can kind of step back into the role that he filled last year and just be as, as clutch as he was. Um, and I, I think that we're fine at the back end of the bullpen. So I, I think that our starting rotation is strong. I think that our biggest issues are offense to a degree and uh, overall depth. You know, we talked about it on our previous show. Um, David Stearns and Matt Arnold have done a great job of kind of having that last roster spot or two filled with a guy that is able to be productive at times. But I think it's even more important in the second half to kind of solidify some of those roles and um, I think the Brewers bench could use a little bit of work. So I, I would say offense generally and, and bench. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you that um, I think they need to add a big veteran bat somehow. And again, they probably have the luxury of, of getting one wherever besides maybe Blavin as a backup catcher, but, but I assume it'll be probably a most likely a corner infielder. Um, yeah. A, um, and again, we just did add Rowdy, Telez or whatever a couple of weeks ago, but I, I really think that we shoot a little bit higher than that. No offense to him, but um, that we tr- try to really bring in a, a nice uh, veteran bat um, that can, you know. Yeah, I agree. I I agree, and I, I I'm fine with Telez, but remember that Telez is is kind of filling in for Vogelbach, who's hurt, so it doesn't really improve anything. It just it just essentially fills a gap, you know, that had existed because of an injury. So it's not a knock on Telez to say you still need a. a you know, a bigger bat at first or a right-handed bat at first. It's just what it is. So, um, yeah, I mean, I saw our current options at first base are Hira, who, yeah, look at his overall numbers, it's still been pretty horrific. And I just, I don't know if he's trustworthy in a pennant chase right now. And, and then platooning with either Vogelbach or Telez or very similar players. Um, I really feel like we need an upgrade there or, um, you know, across the diamond, once Juan comes back, obviously, Rios gets switched over to third base with Adamas starting every day at short. So we don't necessarily need a third baseman, but if if we had to add a left-handed bat as opposed to a right-handed bat at first, I, like I, I would think they that could have, that player could at least platoon at third with Rios. Um, and and yep. so we'll we'll see what's going to happen. And of course, good teams are always contending teams are always looking for some upgrades in the bullpen. So, I mean, it wouldn't be out of the realm for Stearns to think out the side of the box because every time we try to guess what position he's going to fill, he usually fills one that seems already that we don't have a need of. So it wouldn't surprise me if he... <laughs> yeah, agreed. Back of the bullpen or something like that. Or and, who knows? And, you're gonna yeah, well, outfielder. well, and Stearns might tell you that, you know, if nothing is done, he's going to tell you that it's because he already acquired Willie Adamas as our, as our deadline piece in May. I mean... I, I don't know that that's what is going to happen. I do think the Brewers will be somewhat active. I think that we will be buyers clearly in the market. Um, you know, it would take a lot to change that in the next couple of weeks. But um, 
you know, if the Brewers end up standing pat, they're going to point to Adamus and the constant churn and the bullpen um, and the acquisition of guys like Telez, I suppose, as being, you know, kind of our moves, quote unquote. But I, I think that I think the Brewers end up getting at least one bullpen arm and probably a bat as well. And I don't know about the bench, but, um, you know, so, uh, acquiring another bat of any caliber, even if it's a starter, is going to improve the bench, you know, by definition, because then you move somebody else. So yeah, I, I think, that, you know, you're going to see, see, you know, moves kind of like that. And I, I, you know, I know that Scott had talked to our anonymous source, Brown Carter, about, you know, what potential moves that the Brewers might make. I just don't know what, what he said, because Scott's been really busy. So we haven't heard much from him. Yeah, he does talk to TC regularly already. But, um, Bill, but uh, yeah, I think overall, the it's going to be exciting. Obviously, we open up the first half with a three-game set in Cincinnati, and the last last yep. series before the break against the Reds at home didn't go that well. We only won one of the four games. I, I really think it's going to be important for us to start with strong. You don't want to let the Reds back nearly even with us after this and have pressure on us. It's kind of nice to have teams a little bit an arm's length uh, going forward, but I think it'll be exciting, exciting second half, and I really, really feel like we are the best team in the NL Central. So um, the Reds. I yeah, and did, probably the yeah, second that, best team. Yeah, the, the the Reds are the only team that has a winning record against the Brewers in the NL Central. Yeah. So, and again, some of the they have really good hitters, uh, decent um, starting pitching, obviously, but, but so far terrible bullpen. But they could shore that up themselves if they were to acquire, you know, some bullpen arms. I mean, they could really solidify their team. So again, it's one of those things where the Brewers really have to you know, have to keep pace and make sure that they, they do win the NL Central. That's very, I, I think that's the only real route to make the playoffs. I mean, obviously they could sneak into the wild card, but I really feel that the winning the Central is going to be the route to the playoffs this year. And I feel like they're going to do it. So, Yep. Sounds great. I'm on board. I think it'll be a fun, fun second half and uh, really looking forward to it. The first half has, has kind of flown by per usual. So, um, you know, it's been exciting to watch the Brewers kind of improve and get really hot for a while and, you know, this team has gone on some streaks. It's been exciting when they're hot because, you know, they knock off five wins in a row and eight wins in a row and 12 wins in a row or 11 wins, I guess, is where they ended up. So it's 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 exciting to see this team when it gets hot. So let's hopefully uh, start off the second half on a good note uh, tonight. And uh, there are storms in the Cincinnati area. Uh, I don't know when you're going to be listening to this podcast. You obviously know uh, by the time that you're listening, but um, hopefully Brewers can avoid the storms tonight and, and start off the second half strong with the game one win. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely looking forward to it. So, all right. Uh, well, again, follow us on our Twitter, Brewer Review One. Um, yep. And uh, yeah. <coughs> Definitely. Our, our send send uh, send questions to Scott. I'm sure we'll get to him at some point. Brew Crew Review Podcast with an S at gmail.com. This guy is all over those emails and his interns. Definitely. So we'll go ahead and answer yep. those for you on, on our next episode. And yeah, well, then next time we come back at you, we'll have some previews for the, the Brewers um, trade deadline possibilities or maybe we'll even pull a trigger on a deal before our next one. We'll see. So, all right. Looking forward to the second oh, half. Great. Stay classy, Brewer fans, and go Brewers. Go Brewers. Thanks, Daddy. Thanks, Chad. Do-do-do-do.